We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Find a bank that delivers real solutions to help you reach your goals. It's like Jet Chip Wasp. That's championship game type thinking. Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. They're our partner in possible. Uh, and I'm so appreciative of them. And special thanks to Emprise Bank, member FDIC, for all they've done for this show. And I'm really lucky to be doing it with my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane, hello, my friend. Happy cutdown day. It, it has been a cutdown day. All around the NFL, guys have been cut down. And uh, it feels bad for them. You know, we're, we're coming out a little chipper right now because we're excited to talk to each other, talk about football. But realistically, people's lives just got changed today. I think this is a talk that, you know, everybody has to have every year. Everybody gets really into predicting rosters, guys getting cut, guys making teams. Just kind of have to remember that, you know, guys' lives do change on this particular day. So don't at people on Twitter ever. You know, if you're going to talk negatively about a guy that made a team or didn't make a team, maybe don't even have to use his name just in case he goes and searches it because this is their guy doing their job. You know, how would you yeah. like it if people started tweeting about how bad you are at your job? That would never happen to Craig Stout. He got a rover to Mars. But – how would you like it if somebody did that about you, Craig? I'd feel terrible. <laughs> really would. I'd feel awful about it. Yeah, no, this sucks. And it further, you know, just proves that we need some sort of secondary league. You got to have something. We got to have something that develops out of this. There are there are a lot of good football players that are going to be sitting on the sidelines and just waiting all season long, hoping for a call. A lot of dreams died today. So that sucks. But the Chiefs did make some dreams come true with, with some of their 53-man roster here. And again, this is the initial roster. Let's make sure to stress that this is the initial roster here. There are moves that will occur. There are things that will happen over the next week that will change this roster, You know, its dynamics, pretty significantly, honestly. So I do think that we got to keep that in mind. This is not set in stone. There are guys that got cut today that could still very well end up on this roster. But Kent, it happens every year. And I think we're talking a little bit about it. Let's just lead off with this right off the bat. There's a couple of IR guys that we've been talking about. I, I think we need to stress a couple of offensive linemen that could end up on IR pretty quickly here, potentially as early as today when you're listening to this. 
Yeah, by the time you hear this podcast, the, the roster that we're about to talk about could have changed. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I think, you know, there's a couple guys that you got to look at with with Austin Blythe and Laurent duvernay Tardif are very easy early off the top. Offensive lineman that initially made the 53-man roster but could potentially be IR'd uh, after, you know, after this initial wave of cutdowns and they, they've made the 53, they're safe. If they put them on IR, IR now they can bring them back. So... Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a, you know, this is, this is going to be something to monitor for the next 24 hours, 48 hours. I think this is one of the biggest storylines because it, it's very apparent because there already is talk about, and we'll just get to Marcus Kemp right off the bat, initially released by the chiefs, but there is a lot of talk, a lot of buzz that he will be back with this team. He will sign with this team, uh, immediately after this wave of cut downs, uh, because, uh, you know, the chiefs are going to put somebody on IR, on IR. So we know at least one person will be on IR for Marcus Kemp. It could be two though. And that's where things get interesting. I don't know if it's going to be two. I don't know how they feel, if they feel comfortable about where LDT is at this point, Maddie, uh, the, what we saw on tape, you know, probably wasn't, you know, where you know, or in, or in camp really wasn't what we're excited about. I don't think, but, um, you know, he's still working back. That's going to be a curious case for me. In coming off of the season where he didn't, where he opted out of playing football, he's working his way back into the rotation. He clearly was didn't have a foothold in the starting job. I think he was in a battle for like the backup right guard position, has an injury. Now he's got to work through that coming through. It sounds like he may have been at practice today, but that still doesn't mean the Chiefs might not slide him onto the IR just because you don't know when he's going to be ready. If that's the case, then like Kent said, it's kind of been alluded to that Marcus Kemp is going to be coming right back up. He was a vested veteran, so he doesn't go to waivers. When he was mm -hmm. let go, he just immediately becomes a free agent. The Chiefs that way can bring him back before anybody has a chance to pick him up on waivers. So I think everyone's expecting that move. It's just, is it going to be LDT that goes to IR? Is it going to be Austin Blythe, who hasn't been practicing lately, who's missed the last two preseason games that goes to the IR? I would be surprised to see the Chiefs keep 10 offensive linemen throughout, you know, this very next, through Wednesday. I would be surprised if they still had 10 offensive linemen on this roster. I mean, it's worth noting. I, I wrote something for KCSN this week uh, on the KCSN Substack. Subscribe if you were listening to this. There's good stuff coming. We're going to just be feeding it to you all year long, daily articles, kcsn.substack.com. I wrote something this week talking about Andy's trends at various positions where he's added, where he's cut in the week to follow. And that's really important there because that 53 man, you have guys on there, you put them on IR, you move guys around. Andy has never kept 10 offensive line linemen before today. Today was the very first year in Kansas city that he has kept 10 offensive linemen and two of them might be going on IR. So, I mean, I, I do think, that that's something to pay attention to. He likes to roll with nine, you know, as he adds guys, you know, due to injuries and as he finds value, sometimes he can go up to 10, but largely likes to live with nine offensive linemen. It's just worth noting because, yeah, like we said, I, Marcus Kemp seems to be the first man up and it makes sense. He knows the system. He had a good preseason. Dave Tobe loves him on special teams. He seems like the most logical guy to add to the bottom of the roster here when you do IR a guy. So, I just, if they do decide to IR another offensive lineman, I think you got to be looking offensive line to add to get back to that nine level before the season starts. Yeah, it's going to be a curious case. Uh, what what happens there with who gets IR'd and 
how many I'm fascinated. And just for the record, the chiefs have kept as many as 11 offensive linemen mm-hmm. on their active roster at one point in a season. Uh, so they love to keep, like, like Craig said, they do eventually get to a very deep offensive line roster. Let's just run down some of these positions really quick. And we're not going to talk about all of them. Like we're not going to spend much time at quarterback, but two are on the roster, Patrick Mahomes and, and Chad Henney, because Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He's the best player in the world. And uh, really, honestly, we could end the show at that because the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. But we need to talk about some some other stuff, too, because, you know, people get bored with how amazing the best player in the world is. Running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Michael Burton, Darwin Thompson, got an early axe. Uh, the wide receiver position, I think, is where we need to spend a little bit of time. And this is a very interesting group so far. It's five make the initial roster, Tyreek Hill. McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, and look at Darius Fountain. How about this? A guy that, as far as we could tell, didn't get a single snap with Patrick Mahomes in any preseason game. Really didn't do much at you know to stand out on special teams. But with the second group, my man made a lot of plays. That's a big deal for him. Uh, you know, as good of a story as Jody Fortson is, which we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. Reese Fountain making this football team is a very big story, a very cool story in and of itself, Maddie. Well, listen, he came out of nowhere. He was a try. He got a tryout offer to come to camp, and the Chiefs said, hey, do you want to come run some routes for our quarterbacks because we need guys to catch the ball after they throw it? He shows up. And at every step of the way, he just keeps producing. He keeps playing well. And after you know, 20 some odd years of understanding football and watching Chiefs preseason. Finally, finally, the best wide receiver for this team in the preseason <laughs> makes the roster. Finally, the pass catcher makes the initial 53-man roster. He didn't get Frankie Hammond. He didn't get Marcus Kempt. No, <laughs> he made the final roster, which is great. Like, I don't know how much he's going to play for the team throughout the year. I don't know if he's ever really going to get on the field without injuries happening, but I love the fact that this showcases that if you come in, you perform well in the preseason, you have a chance to make this roster. Kit, you look like you want to jump back in. I just think it's funny how Marcus Kemp still got Marcus Kemp, even though Marcus oh. Kemp actually made the roster. Like the reports are he's going to be on the 53 very shortly. But he still had to get Marcus Kemp to make it happen. And Poor I just guy. I find that very ironic. I'm sorry. Continue, Maddie. Well, well, how I was using Marcus Kemp is I meant like Doris Fountain wasn't kept off the roster for a special teams only guy. Like he was impressive enough that they kept this offensive player around to be your fifth wide receiver over some other special team options that we'll probably cover that got cut, whether defensively or on the offensive side. So like I thought this was big. This was a huge thing for the Chiefs. Like I said, I don't know how much they'll get to use him. Ken alluded to it. I don't think he played with Patrick Mahomes at all during the preseason games. I got real nervous about him making this roster this last preseason game where they were force-feeding him terrible Shane Buchel passes. They were awful. Like, they weren't good, and they kept throwing him the ball, and he was trying, but he didn't make any plays. I thought that was the final nail in the coffin. But here we go. We got Doris Fountain on the team. So I'm asking you guys right now, does he have any catches this season? Oh, I want him to. I really do want him before to, because, week like 26 since they added extra games. Ooh, uh, week 26 is going to be the thing, huh? Well, that's I don't know, man. It's going to be really tough for him 
to land that. So I I am looking more for him to contribute in a special teams role first. I think we got to see that first and foremost before we basically move on and assign him an offensive role. I think he's probably going to be inactive a lot, but he deserved to make this team. I'm very glad that he made this team. I think he'll be inactive a decent amount initially. Um, you know, and I, it, he's going to get, I think he might get Ricky Seals Jones a little bit. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones did not catch a pass last year and was, uh, I think he was the, you know, I think he was on the roster. I just looked till January 2nd. So this is a guy that, you know, was on the roster for a very long time. I think Darius Fountain, it'll be fascinating to see if he gets playing time. I think he's a guy because of the special teams aspect could have a difficult time crack, cracking the roster, but he's an offensive weapon, you know, potentially down the road here uh, that, you know, if it breaking case of emergency, if they need something, you know, all right, tight end, we got to talk about tight end because there's another, hold on, hold on. we got to stay here. There's a, there's a big name chiefs, rookie draft pick Cornell Powell wave doesn't make this team. And I know this is something that we had talked about before. And I don't think it's overly surprising to a lot of people that were paying attention to this team that he just, he wasn't showcasing his talents as good as other guys were. He did, was not putting his best foot forward. So seeing him not make the initial 53 isn't a shock, but I just think most people assume rookie draft picks, somebody you take, especially in the fifth round, you anticipate them to make the roster. Cornell Powell doesn't. Hopefully the Chiefs can pull him up through the practice squad and develop him you know, underneath all these other guys. But I just think that's probably a, one of the bigger surprises that I do think that a lot of, it's not every fan saw coming. Right. And I think that you saw that if you watched the preseason games and saw the run that he was getting and how far down the depth chart he was. I do want to say this. There are a lot of wide receivers, rookie wide receivers that were drafted that have gotten cut so far in down to 53 minutes. This seems to be the year where teams think that they can cut these rookie guys, stash them on practice squads. I mean, Des Fitzpatrick, Austin Watkins, uh, Daz Newsome, Seth Williams. These are all guys that we talked about in regards with the Chiefs and the Chiefs drafting them. All of them got cut. All of them appear to be on their way to those teams as you know, practice squads. So it may just be one of those situations where this group, in a COVID year, you know, they didn't, they weren't able to really integrate themselves from college to the NFL. And the NFL is taking advantage of that. And every team is trying to get these guys on their practice squads instead of a team being able to shark them a little bit. Well, that's if what I, happens when you have three straight years of the best wide receiver rookie draft class as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've had a lot of good wide receiver classes lately. So I think if you look through the free agents that have been cut right now, there's a lot of wide receivers that haven't even finished their rookie contract being waived by teams, whether they've been productive or not. So it's just, there's a lot of wide receivers available. So I do think if you're the Chiefs, you're hoping there's not a lot of tape out there on them. You can stash them away on your practice squad and use them later. Yeah, and it could be calculated because if I remember correctly, there wasn't a ton of teams poaching uh, last year's practice squads. There wasn't a ton of teams putting in waiver claims uh, largely last year. Maybe some of the COVID protocols changing this year a little bit differently could um, you know, maybe facilitate more, more action in those markets. So there could be a little bit something there too. But, you know, yeah, to, to Matty's point, the, the wide receiver position is the, is the place to experiment with that and see if you can sneak guys on and off rosters and stuff like that. That's that's the position to do it for a variety of reasons. It's it's a very interesting trend. And uh, the Chiefs have exposed a draft pick uh, to to the uh, waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Do you know who didn't get 
put on waiver wire Jody Fortson. The Chiefs keep four tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Blake Bell, Noah Gray, and the aforementioned Jody Fortson, a guy who has been through a lot here in Kansas City. He's fought hard. He's changed positions. He's improved in areas the team told him he needed to improve to get a roster spot. And here he sits and making the initial 53-man roster. What a story for this guy, Maddie. Well, Craig, would you say that he broke through to the Kansas City Chiefs roster? I would say that he broke through to the Kansas City Chiefs roster, just like I'd say that our good pals and McAdoodles need to break into Kansas City, break through into there. Uh, listen, McAdoodles has terrific customer service, terrific selection. They've got great prices. I mean, if you want bourbon, go to McAdoodles. When we were down visiting McAdoodles, we got to see some of their private selections back there, and they have some top-notch stuff back there, and they're not marking it up sky high like you would buy at the secondary market. So that alone is a reason for you to go to McAdoodles. We hear all the time from people who are on KCSN, on the Discord, on Twitter, tagging us, talking about how much they love McAdoodles, how much they love their experience at McAdoodles. We need to get one in Kansas City or wherever your neck of the woods is. Email roger at info at McAdoodles.com. Let's get one to Kansas City like the Kansas City Chiefs prioritized. Getting Jody Fortson onto this roster worked his ass off to get there. I, you know, supreme kudos to Fortson for being able to land a spot converting from wide receiver that is a tough transition and we talk about it all the time the ability to just be able to bounce over there these big receivers just move them to tight end that's not as easy as it sounds Jody Fortson deserves all the praise in the world for being able to do that transition and make that move to tight end for Andy Reid Let's go ahead and talk about the offensive line. Uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier, and now it's time to kind of maybe just address it a little bit. Let's read the list out. Or Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Lucas Niang, your apparent starters up front, Mike Remmers, Andrew Wiley, Nick Allegretti. Those eight appear to be locks to start the season on the active roster. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Austin Blythe, two guys that, like we mentioned earlier, could be candidates for the IR. But any surprises with the with this group at all, Matt? Anything that you're you know mildly surprised by? I don't think so. I mean, I think if you were to draw 10 names, this would be the most likely 10 guys to come onto this roster, especially when you consider that a guy like LDT or Austin Blythe might be you know, kicking over to the IR for a little bit of time. I mean, the only thing that sticks out to me is the backup tackle position is essentially just Mike Rimmers. But then you got to remember Andrew Wiley started training camp playing right tackle. So he's got a little experience there. We were talking earlier about if the Chiefs, especially if they were to put LDT and Blythe onto the IR, they would probably want to bring up another and get back up to nine on the on the active roster. I think Prince Tiga Wanago would be the first guy that comes to mind. He doesn't fit in the interior, which if you put Austin Blythe and LDT on the IR, maybe you'd want to lean towards the interior. But just, I think, having that extra backup tackle, you know, having a fourth guy dedicated that can play offensive tackle just in case stuff happens, he would be the only name, I think, that they let go. 
Once they traded Yasir Durant for, I guess we haven't talked about that yet either. Yeah. The Chiefs traded Yasir Durant to the New England Patriots for a seventh round draft pick. I believe it's the Raiders seventh mm-hmm. round draft pick next season. So Yasir Durant, they signed him as an undrafted free agent. He flashed a little bit as a rookie, was forced into some playing time when he probably wasn't ready, given he had no offseason with the team, really, given the COVID protocols and stuff. And they turned him into a seventh round draft pick two years down the line. That's a good return on investment. So with mm-hmm. him out, I think these are the obvious 10 guys. Prince Tiga is the only guy I could see really trying to crack this roster from the practice squad as the season goes on. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand as well. And we got to see Prince Tiga run with the twos a little bit with Mike Rimmers playing right tackle. I think that that might be a bit of an indicator that that's what they could do. Uh, the thing that, I, that jumps out about this squad for me is who of these guys would be inactive on game day like that's that's the rough thing if they've got this full complement of players typically an offensive lineman or two would be inactive here it seems obvious you know if you know austin blythe and laurent duvernay tardive are on ir it seems obvious that they would uh, you know basically inactive a prince tiguanogo because they can't do that with nick allegretti he would be your backup center he's basically the only guy that's left that can actually snap the ball. So he's got to be on there. You're not going to put Rimmers inactive. He is your swing tackle in that situation. And then you got Andrew Wiley as well. So, I mean, it's very interesting to me when all these guys are back, when they have their full complement of players, who they are going to keep. Are they going to keep Nick Allegretti on the roster? Are they going to keep Austin Blythe on the roster? Is Larry going to get traded? I mean, there was rumors you know, the past couple of days that uh, LDT might end up getting traded here. So obviously didn't happen. We'll see how it plays out. The Chiefs will have an abundance of interior offensive linemen, especially after week six, when Kyle Long is available to come back from the pup list. So I'm very curious to see who they keep throughout the year, if they need anybody. Injuries, obviously, will change all this, but they might be a guy or a team that could trade a guy near the trade deadline, knowing that they've got an abundance of guys at the spot. Keyword there is abundance. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this team has done a really good job of maintaining inventory of offensive linemen. That sounds like a very cold statement and a very cold way of putting it. But you look at a team that got decimated last year up front and lost the Super Bowl because of it. You've seen them, you know, they they've, <laughs> they've kept Kyle Long out of practice for the entirety of training camp. He's pup eligible now. So they're going to have a guy that they might be able to have for the second half of the season, <laughs> if need be. You maybe, maybe they're IRing as many as two offensive linemen with an LDT with an Austin Blythe. Those are two guys that they're going to have some flexibility to pull off of IR, you know, strategically if they need it. So they've got, I think, some inventory here up front. And, you know, it's, they've found ways to pad their stats a little bit here. I think that's a, or, you know, pad their numbers here a little bit. And that's a good thing for how they're managing the roster. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players that they might be able to pull from throughout the year. And I think that's really good. Defensive line, they only kept nine. They only kept nine defensive linemen. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Mike Dana, Alex Okafor, Josh Kando, Derek Noddy, Jaron Reed, Tershawn Wharton, Colin Saunders, a little light compared to what we're used to uh, up front, Craig. Yeah, uh, this is actually the lowest number of defensive linemen that Steve Spagnuolo has kept since he's been in Kansas City. I was a little 
confused. I thought that we might see another defensive end. I thought that Tim Ward had maybe done enough to make this roster. He ends up getting the ax. Obviously, Joshua Kando stays on this roster. High upside player makes all the sense in the world why the Chiefs would keep him on the active roster, even if he's not going to be game day active every week. We'll see. He needs to right now because they only have a handful of defensive ends. I am looking at this this group, though, and I'm wondering, is there a defensive tackle coming? Is there going to be a move to add another guy to the mix here? We've got Derek Nottie. We've got Jaron Reed. We've got Turk Wharton. We've got Colin Saunders. Steve Spagnolo has preferred to keep five interior defensive linemen on his roster. That's that's what he would like to do. He likes swapping those guys wholesale. And some of those guys are more dime rushers than they happen to be, you know, true run-stopping guys on the interior. So I'm actually keeping an eye on this position as maybe a waiver wire pickup over the next week. We might see a guy added to this group, Maddie. It's really odd to me. We just going, wanted to go back to Tim Ward. I think he's a guy that might not make it to the practice squad. There's a guy who has enough preseason tape now that teams might know what he is. They can see the developmental arc that he's shown from when he's got into the league to where he's at now. He's a guy, like, if I were to pick one person off this that got waived by the Chiefs that I don't think is going to make it to the practice squad, he'd probably be the number one choice because I think you can see where he's at and you can see how he's been getting better. So I found that move really intriguing. And then to Craig's point, this defensive line, and players, when you have Derek Nottie dealing with injuries, you have Frank Clark dealing with injuries. Alex Okafor has had a history of injuries. Joshua Kando is a very raw rookie that hasn't developed a ton of his technique so far. There, There is definitely a need for a guy that can not only come in and just be a body, but potentially have to play significant snaps. That's another thing that caught me off guard. When I saw Demoni Harris was let go and then Taco Charlton was cut earlier in the offseason, I was almost certain that... Uh, Tim Ward was making this roster and then to see only nine guys with nobody there definitely took me by surprise. I think the one thing the Chiefs have going for them, Chris Jones, Mike Dana, even Alex Okafor a little bit, all have some experience playing outside and inside there. Mm -hmm. You can kind of cover up some of your lack of defensive tackles when, you know, they normally would keep five. It's just given the injury history of this team, I feel like nine is really light and I'm with Craig. This seems like a very obvious position. They might be trying to target to pull somebody that got away from another team. And just real quick before you jump in, Kent, I think that speaks to the health of Frank Clark. This team's not going this light. If Frank Clark is not probably going to be ready and available on week one. That's a good point. I was just going to say, Tim Ward is a guy that kind of went through the, you know, basically got a red shirt year in the in the NFL. It's a guy that they kind of strategically held off. Uh I believe he finished the entire spent the entire season on pup list on the on the pup list along with a guy we're going to talk about here in a second, Darius Harris. Uh but you know that's a guy that kind of went through that process. They have Malik Herring, I believe, kind of going through that red shirt process, another defensive lineman. So you know they're kind of hoping for you know, something that, you know, come out of that next year, Tim Ward, you're right. It would be fascinating to see Tim Ward could be a guy that comes back rather quickly, you know, uh, at least on tape. Uh, there was, there's a lot to like there. You know, we don't know a lot about, you know, everything there, uh, you know, in between games and all that stuff or, or in practice anymore because mm-hmm. fans haven't seen practice for a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> you know, you never know. So uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to watch with him because he was kind of a surprise and them only main, you know, keeping nine defensive linemen initially was also kind of a surprise as well. I'm with you. 
uh, it does seem a little bit light. But speaking of those guys that you know wound up on the pop list, Darius Harris is on the active roster uh, initially with one of the six linebackers. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Ben Neiman are no surprises. Darius Harris, I don't think was too big of a surprise, but adding a sixth line, linebacker into the mix and that sixth quote unquote linebacker being Dar Dorian O'Daniel, special teams ace, has found his way on the roster yet again. If there is, we got to come up with, we got to come up with nepotism, but Dave Tobe. Like, how, how do we, how do we, how do we define neptopism? I don't know, but D Dave Tobe is just able to keep guys' careers alive. Dorian O'Daniel is has been reduced to a special teams only player. There is no linebacker like he's a linebacker in linebacker name only. And here we go, making the initial 53 man roster as a special teams only player. Yeah. Um I'm I'm not surprised by this by any means. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm really not because this is kind of the mo for dave tope we've talked about it for years now he gets a lot of say in the end of this roster and i know that that frustrates some people more than others but frankly it it is a situation where he gets to keep some of these guys on the roster now that's not to say that dorian o'daniel isn't an excellent special teamer because he is it's what he's best at and I, I think it's very important that you have your backup linebackers be able to play special teams well. The problem with that is that Dorian O'Daniel, to date, and that could change, but to date hasn't been a guy that's really factored in on defense. Like he's getting a small handful of snaps in very specific situations. He tried to put on a little more weight last year. It looks like he took a little bit of that off this year and he looks faster again. I flashes on special teams. Definitely. But I don't think that this is a situation where they are keeping Dorian O'Daniel because of a Willie Gay toe injury that was announced by Andy Reed today. I don't think it's got anything to do with that because Dorian O'Daniel, frankly, just doesn't really play linebacker for Steve Spagnuolo and didn't really for Bob Sutton either. But I don't think that that's the reason behind them keeping it. Darius Harris is a, a Mike linebacker that's also going to play special teams. It just is a little bit surprising to me that they kept six with two special teamers at this point rather than maybe diversifying that a little bit. Also another situation where I think it speaks to the health of Willie Gay Jr. that they feel comfortable going forward with this group of guys. What kind of irks me a little bit is Dorian O'Daniel played under 50% of the special team snaps. Now I get it on those 50% on the kick returns on, you know, kickoff coverage, punt coverage, he's good, but we're still reserving a spot for a guy to play under 50% of just special team snaps. <laughs> That's crazy to me. We're going to get to him in a little bit, but Armani Watts at least plays almost every single special team snap in the entire game. Marcus Kemp, when he is on the roster, plays nearly every special team snap that he can. Dorian O'Daniel is at 50%. That is what I have a problem with. You're getting to keep a guy that's only being a halftime player on special teams to take up a whole roster spot. We're sitting here talking about being light at the defensive line unit. Guess who's taking up a roster spot that's probably that exact roster spot? It's either Darius Harris or Dorian O'Daniel. Like one of those two guys would have to be the first one to go if you were to put Tim Ward on this roster. 
I mean, it seems so easy to me to just make it be Dorian O'Daniel and you have Nick Bolt, you have Darius Harris, Willie Gay. All these guys have played special teams last year or during the preseason for the Chiefs. Is the gap really that big on the 49% of the special teams reps that this team sees between Dorian O'Daniel and them? Is it? Because according to Dave Tobe, it is. But yeah. is it really? Hey, Maddie, I just just because of there's some aggregation that could happen that could bring some of these numbers down on special teams, like if they count some games that he missed or something like that. It does appear like I know it does appear that Dorian O'Daniel did actually play around 80% of the snaps from week one to week 10 and then was on it got hurt, I believe, in week 11 or week 12 against uh Tampa and then was on injured reserve for five games. So that can bring down his averages. Uh, but, it's kind of, it, it's still, it's, it doesn't just defeat your point, but I just, just for clarity, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the special team snaps, but that's it. Cause I'm looking at his defensive snaps and it's nine last year. Look at his defensive snaps the oh, year before. Oh no. He, he almost six. doubled it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it almost it's doubled. It's absurd. I mean, my, the man has played minimally. He's played 15 snaps. And he, I mean, that, that's, he played 21 snaps in the last week of 2018. 16 mm -hmm. in the last week on defense in, the, in, in week 15 of his rookie year. It's, it's just wild. This man has, does, has no defensive value to this point in his career. It's a very Nate Ebner career path. Nate Ebner for the Patriots. Played for them for almost eight years. Bill Belichick kept him around because he loved him as a special teamer. Former special teams coach, Bill Belichick, kept a guy around. He played like 39 safety snaps or something like that. Just not a guy that was heavily in the rotation on defense, and yet his roster spot was assured because of what he did on special teams. I just, I, that's, what, that's what it appears Dorian O'Daniel's spot on this team is right now. And that's absolutely fine. Until you get to this next group of the defensive backs and oh. include the wide receivers, you're starting to get a lot of guys that are special teams only players. Let's just talk about them. And we're going to talk about special teams only players and we still haven't got to the specialists. <laughs> defensive backs, Legereus Sneed, Charvarius Ward, Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker, Rashad Fenton. No surprises there. Everything seems great, right? Tyron Matthew, cool. Daniel Sorensen, cool. Juan Thornhill. But then, okay, wait, Armani was Juan Watts. Thornhill not cool? Hold on, was Juan Thornhill no, not Juan cool? No, Juan Thornhill's cool. Thorn Let's oh, be God, cool with Juan Thornhill. He's the king of cool. Uh, but, sure. then you, but then <laughs> things get a little bit more interesting because Armani Watts, and like if you take Armani Watts on his face, there's only one Armani Watts. No, but they decided to take two guys in the Armani Watts mold. Two basically special teams only players. Chris Lamons or Lamons, however you want to pronounce it, and Armani Watts, both in the defensive back room, both basically special teams only players are on this roster along with Dorian O'Daniel. What a group. This is this is wild. A lot of special teams only players and the defensive back group is 20% special teams only players. Quick, for clarity, Craig, how do you say Chris Lamon's name? Well, uh let's talk about Armani Watts defensive <laughs> contribution. Um I mean, that's at least a guy that's getting on the field in the quarter slash dollar, whatever you want to call it. That like the big dime where they put that extra extra defensive back on there. Armani Watts does get on the field in defense on occasion for Steve Spagnolo, and I get keeping four safety. So that's I'm actually very fine with Armani Watts being on this roster. 
Lamons was a little bit of a surprise, though. And I was even the guy that talked about him after the last preseason game. He flashes on special teams. He made a lot of plays on special teams this this preseason. A lot of them. And that's good. That's what you want out of that. But I don't know that you want that guy being your being on the field in a cornerback position. But before I throw it to Maddie here, I do understand slightly the argument that Tobe can make here. If we get to the point where Chris Lamons is on the field as a cornerback, man, you, you're pretty much screwed as it is. So give me the guy that can actually play special teams and have an impact on special teams. So I, I'll, I'll say that one positive thing about this move. Matty, go ahead, buddy. Well, and I am sure that that is the rationale. I'm sure that's the rationale when you get to your fifth or sixth wide receiver, when you're talking about your ninth or 10th offensive lineman, six, so on and so forth. Like that's definitely the rationale that any coaching staff or any front office would have when they're going through this stuff. So from that aspect, Chris Lambins makes sense. He's essentially playing directly in Antonio Hamilton's role of last year, who was arguably the Chiefs best special teamer last year, played a ton of reps. He made a lot of big plays. So you're essentially replacing him one for one. My only qualm is this year. We spent all offseason, us three, all of KCSN, Chiefs Kingdom as a whole, spent all this time talking about how this is the deepest team the Chiefs have ever had, how this is the most talented team they've ever had top to bottom. And here we are talking about like the same five guys every single year that rounds <laughs> out your 53-man roster. Like we're spending all this time saying, look at all the talent in this room and look at the guys that are being let go. These guys that we are calling more talented than years past are still being let go to keep these same five kind of players, whether it's Antonio Hamilton, Chris Lamons, whatever other cornerback from four years ago you want to put in there. There's just Tremont Smith. You're just consistently putting in these guys that have no ceiling whatsoever on offense or defense because they're good special teams players. I get the logic. I would just hope at some point in time you'd start to develop some of these younger guys that have some form of ceiling on the offensive or defensive side of the ball to take that role. Let's see a Jarek McKinnon when he was with the Vikings play a bunch of special teams reps, then pull those away as he becomes more important to the mm -hmm. core of the team and not just special teams, instead of just holding on to the same guys for four years to play 300 special team snaps and maybe sniff double digit defensive snaps. The only way I feel good, um, good's not the right word. The only way I feel comfortable with the bottom of the roster construction the way it is, is if the Chiefs felt confident that Devin Key, DiCaprio Boodle, guys like that are going to clear waivers and wind up on the practice squad. If they're confident in that, they don't have a vibe that they're going to lose some of these guys and they feel comfortable exposing them, Playing the special teams, you know, guys, you know, keeping some of these guys that are, you know, primarily special teams players at, at the beginning, and then maybe having flexibility to move on from them and, and elevate a Devin Key when the situation arises in DiCaprio. That they have to go, they have to, they have to go, they have to be hundred percent. If they're hundred percent on the guys that we all anticipate being on this practice squad, sure, fine, mm -hmm. I can live with mm -hmm. it as long as they're back in the building. But if they lose a guy because of this, because they had to have Chris, no, not because they, because Dave Tobe had to have Chris Lamonts on special teams, it'll be an interesting conversation. So hopefully, you know, DiCaprio Boodle, Devin Key, uh, make sure I, I would love to see them, you know, sticking around here in Kansas City. And if guys like that are making it, then okay, I can feel a little bit more comfortable about this. 
I just want to talk real quick about Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker. Like, let, let's talk about both of those guys coming in over the past, you know, basically season, half a season with DeAndre Baker, and then Mike Hughes this offseason, both making this roster, both giving Brett Veach some, I hate to say lottery tickets. I know that's your thing, Kent. I, I hate to see so, lottery tickets because they're not really lottery tickets. I mean, they, I, but it is, it was a little bit of a gamble yeah. to put all of their eggs in that basket. I know a lot of people wanted Bashad Breeland back on this roster. I, I would have accepted Bashad Breeland back on this roster, player that I really like. But they were able to go younger in that situation. They were able to get some youth at that position, take some swings. Something and go that, cheaper. And go cheaper. Barely. Something that we have in the past criticized them a little bit at some positions for not taking those swings. Really happy that they were able to take those swings on Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker, both those guys on this roster. Both of those guys look like guys that are the future going forward with Legereus Need. Those are good things to have on your roster. Okay. I want to I want to get to this because this was a question that we got in our Discord, KCSN Discord. If you are a subscriber, you need to be on that because that's where we're doing the majority of our football talk and chatting with the people that we love to chat with so much. A guy by the name of Mike K asked us this question. Over under how many moves do the Chiefs make in the next week before week 1? Over under, and he's setting the line at two and a half. So I'll start here. I think they're going over. Um, I think there's an easy one with uh, either LDT or Blythe that gets put on IR and they're bringing Kemp back. I think all signals point to that happening. I mentioned earlier that I do think that the Chiefs are going to bring in a defensive lineman at some point i don't know who's going to get cut for that if that's one of the ir moves or what the case may be but i do think that they're going to bring in another person along the defensive line to round that out to 10 the number that spagnolo has always felt comfortable with and then i do think there's going to be another offensive lineman at some point if they have to end up putting both blythe and ldt on ir they're going to need another guy in the mix so I'm, I'm saying there's going to be three moves within the next week at minimum. Kent, what do you think, buddy? Does an IR move count as a move? It, well, it, it, it's the IR and the corresponding move for it. That's one okay. move. All right. Yeah. I'm going to stick. I think I'm going to stick. I think I'll say under. Um, I think I'm going to go. I think I, I think the I think the IR I think there, there might be two IR moves and two corresponding moves, but I think that might be it. So I think that's two. If we're counting that as two total moves, I think that's the extent of it uh, in week one. So you know I think there's going to be some fluidity at the bottom of the roster when they worry that Devin Key is going to get poached, when they're worried that DiCaprio Boodle is going to get poached or something like that. There could be a move in in that vein, but that's not week one. And that'll be a little bit farther down the road. So I think, you know, the special team's core is there for the time being. I think Dave Tobe gets his way for the first half of the year, and then things kind of maybe change a little bit after that. Craig, who is getting cut to make your third move here? Um, I'm, 
I'm going to say Lamons and not because we just got done talking about him because, I, you know, we saw some of the reports coming out before the Chiefs released their 53-man roster. First, it seemed like he was on the roster. Then it seemed like he didn't make the roster. And then the reports came out that they called him back in the building and said, hey, by the way, you actually made the roster. So he seems like the guy that just is on the fence, the, the one that will get cut if they need to make that third move. Nothing against him personally is just the obvious one based on the reports that we're seeing. I would agree in that regard that I do think that if they have to make a move, Lamont would be the first one to go. It sounds like they got a little skittish about him making it through waivers to get to the practice squad. So they actually brought him back in and said, hey, you're going to make it. But I'm with Craig. I do think that they want to, They will need to add another defensive lineman. I think looking just at this roster and Frank Clark and Derek Nottie's uncertainty of their health, they might want a guy sooner rather than later. But I'm still going to go under. I don't think they're an LDT. You're going to get one of them with the Kemp as the corresponding move. And I do think that you might see Lamons try to get slipped onto the practice squad a little bit later on in this week or early next week and bringing in some kind of defensive lineman that got released from another team. I did have one quick question before we get out of here, though, for you guys. Mm-hmm. Who, besides Tim Ward, gets poached from this round of Chiefs cuts? Who's the next guy after? I mean, Tim Ward was number one for me. I got another guy after that. But who else do you think is going to get poached before they can make it to the Chiefs practice squad? If anyone. I think it'll be Darwin Thompson. I, I think he's shown enough, both on special teams and running the ball, to latch on to another team. Uh, and he deserves to latch on to another team. So I, I think that Darwin will get picked up by somebody and get his opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, that's probably where I would go too. I think. Uh, Coward. Bo, Bo, Bo Pete Keys could be another guy. Mm-hmm. There was some, there was some, the reason the Chiefs traded back into the draft because they weren't confident they were going to get him an undrafted free agency because his market was very hot. So Bo Pete Keys is another guy I could see getting poached as well. The only other guy I wanted to put in there was DiCaprio Boodle. I think that he has a relatively good athletic profile. I think he did enough to flash that there is some talent there during the preseason. It wasn't a ton, and he was an undrafted free agent. So obviously, you know, the market wasn't sky high for him. But I think if you start looking through some teams' defensive back rooms, injuries happened. He's a guy that just may have caught someone's attention based on the play he had. Like I said, I would have had Tim Ward first. You see, or Durant, if they didn't make that trade, would have been right up there with Tim Ward mm-hmm. for me. So, like, I think Darwin. Uh, Bo Pete Keys, Tim Ward, and then, like I said, the only other guy I could put in there would be DiCaprio Boodle, just because I think he had a chance to shine a little bit in the preseason. If they, if somebody poaches DiCaprio Boodle, Chiefs, go get me Rashad Wild Goose. Thanks. Ooh, uh, the only other name I'll throw out there too, Cornell Powell. But the th- truth of the matter is, a bunch of teams passed on Cornell Powell basically almost through the entirety of the draft. So you know, we got excited about him, the potential of him, we liked him. And he really didn't do much with his opportunity. He hasn't done much between the, he's not done anything between the draft and now to really change his stock. Probably made it worse for being candid. Uh, this window here, he hasn't done anything to improve it. He's actually probably done some things to hurt it uh, just because not standing out in any real capacity uh, in the opportunities that these teams have been able to see him. You know, that that's tricky. So I, I will say Cornell Powell, be interesting to see where he winds up if he winds up anywhere. If you know if a team values him enough to put a claim in and put him on the active roster, I just I'm not optimistic about that because I mean he barely got drafted. Uh, and that's you know that's kind of the, that's the truth of the matter. So and every team right, had one more one okay. more thing too. 
does anybody besides Rashad Wild Goose, does anybody have a guy waived that they would like to see? Yeah. My man, Craig Island, is just sitting right there, you guys. <laughs> Listen, he can come play offensive line for me anytime. Craig Island ends up on this team. You're going to see me do some uncomfortable things on this YouTube channel. So just giving you guys a heads up. <laughs> Speaking of uncomfortable, uh, it's time to go. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody but Craig for that awkward exchange. We love you. We appreciate you. Shout out to M Prize Bank for all they've done. We'll catch you up.